Hi, my name's Rob Scott, and today I'm joined by Core to discuss the true impact of Microsoft Teams on enterprise IT management. So welcome, everybody. Hi, Rob. Hey, Rob. Hello. Hi. So before we get stuck in, how about we have a round of in introductions? Uh, Eamon, would you like to go first? Hi, Rob. Uh, my name is Eamon McGann. I'm the Client Solutions Director here at Core. Uh, we're a Microsoft Gold partner based in the city. Uh, we specialize in Microsoft 365, uh, helping customers both onboard, uh, deliver, and manage both collaboration and productivity um, elements of Microsoft 365 and platform management and security of Microsoft 365. Great. Thanks, Eamon, and welcome. Uh, Davide, over to you. Hi, Rob. My name is uh, Davide Ranchetti, and my role is Lead Solutions Architect uh, here at Core. My focus is uh, on Office 365 in particular, uh, which means that I spend a lot of time with uh, our customers uh, uh, planning solutions for, uh, for Office 365. I lead, um, I lead workshops, uh, and of course I work on, um, on the solution design, uh, and I also lead uh, our team of uh, consultants and developers uh, that build uh, our solutions. Great, thank you, David. And finally, Kat. Yep, hi, uh, so I'm Kat Greedon. I'm a Microsoft Solutions Specialist here at Core. Um, and my role is to help our customers use Teams. I'm a little bit of a Teams nerd, um, and I really enjoy kind of working with our customers, making sure that they're using it properly in the best way for their business. Great, thank you, Kat, and welcome, everybody. So let's get started. So this session's a, a quite an interesting one for me, because I, 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 too, work uh, with teams quite a lot day to day. So, um, so managing teams isn't an easy task, is it? So it needs to be controlled to ensure data security and privacy, and everyone is using, and everyone's ultimately using it effectively uh, to be produ productive in business. So in this session, uh, I hope that Core are going to share their real world experiences with us uh, and uncover the key challenges that are keeping CIOs up at night. So. Eamon, a great place to start would be with you. What is keeping the CIO up at night? Yeah, great question, Rob. And I think as a kind of an intro to Teams and, and what, what underlies Teams, uh, there are a number of things that we're seeing. And, and part of my role as Client Solutions Director is I, I have the great opportunity of being out with CIOs, CEOs of various sizes, various sectors. Um, and we're kind of hearing the same themes time and time again. Uh, security. I think it's at the top of everybody's list. Um, there's a couple of others, but if I start with security and, and stay with security for a second, I think one of the key things we're seeing with security is, you know, a lot of the CIOs we, we talk to are aware that the world has changed. Uh, we're now in a zero trust world, so the old-fashioned perimeter security is gone. We want people to be mobile. We want them to work within the firewall, as we call it. So zero trust has created lots of opportunity, and Teams is at the heart of that but it has created a lot of risk and threats. And firstly, ID management is a huge concern for a lot of CIOs. You know, as humans, we're pretty awful at managing passwords. Saw some surveys recently that up to 50% of people actually give their passwords away when asked by an IT person. Um, and another 65% of people will then use that password in multiple places. So for an, a CIO, that's a huge challenge. You, you, know, you have to assume that half of your staff are potentially giving away fairly serious information, which leads to the second security issue, which is um, you know, the whole point of, of security management. How do we manage that environment? How do we manage the ID, uh, IDs and so on? So security management, password management, and threat management. You know, where's the threat coming from? I was, I was in a meeting uh, with a client just after Christmas, 
um, relatively large organization. And, and the CIO said, you know, he stays literally that phrase. I, I'm, I'm awake most nights going, where's the next threat coming from? You know, where am I going to get that email threat and so on? Um, so a lot of worry out there about those kind of things. And, and I think for us, the key message is with, with particularly Microsoft 365, a lot of our customers have the tooling. It's about enabling the tooling, making sure it's configured properly. Again, another stat that I've seen and that we see in practice is things like multi-factor authentication, MFA, almost all of our customers have it, but as little as 20, 30% are actually using it. And that's a challenge for the CIO. They, they know they want to roll it out. They're aware that customers are concerned about the adoption of things like being asked to use uh, double authentication and that type of thing. So configuring it properly, configuring it in a non-intrusive way is a challenge. Um, uh, and I think finally, if you look at zero trust and the fact that people in, in things like Teams, and, and I know myself and Kat and Davida, a lot of what we hear about when we're out talking to the customers is, we have a lot of security on our email and, and we fixed that. Is Teams now this wild west, is it open? Um, and I think the message we want to get across is things like data loss prevention, retention, all of those things are just as configurable in Teams chat as they are in any of the Office 365 environments. So it's education, knowledge, and, and being able to use those tools in, in a good way. So security is a massive concern, but actually there are a lot of ways we can help um, and, and there's a lot of things happening in that space. Um, the second point, I think, was modern workspace. Um, it's probably where Teams is at the center of it. I know Kat spends a lot of time, and we'll probably talk about it later on, but you know, we're out with customers. There's a huge expectation that we're in the new world of work. Um, for me, for example, one of the stats we quote is a Gartner survey from 2019 where CIOs, one of the main reasons they're moving to th things like Teams and the cloud is because of the new world of work. You know, we've got five generations in the workplace and Gen Zs, they expect products like Teams. So great that people want it, but the CIO now has to make sure that he puts it in and adopts it. Um, and I think my final comment, and there's several I could do, but uh, and I think it's an area that uh, Davida is close to Davida's heart, and that's citizen developers. Um, so the power and capability of things like Power Platform, you know, we're seeing a massive explosion, something we refer to as the Excel warriors. So, so the people in the business who can do some really cool stuff with things like Power Platform. Again, for the CIO, great opportunity for him or her to work through a backlog of, of, of business process, but now he's got to manage that. He's got to manage shadow IT. So I think my summary of all of that is it's a great time for CIOs. They've got a lot of opportunity, but they've got to manage the risk that goes with that. And, and that probably is some of the key concerns. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Kat, you're pretty close to the front line as well. And in terms of modern working practices, how does that affect the, the, the well-being and the, and the health of these leaders that have got to really take care and manage the, this kind of always-on uh, technology? Yeah, I think a couple of examples when kind of talking to our customers. There was one customer where um, we were speaking to one of their users and they said, you know, the other day I spent my whole day in my email um, answering emails and sending emails. So there wasn't much focus time that they had to actually get some other work done. So what they were finding is they were working later, they weren't hitting their kind of deadlines and the stress and that just wasn't healthy. So now we have the ability to have different tools where it's more like a shared workload. Um, something like Teams where it's more collaborative um, and the conversations that you're moving into Teams, they're just a little bit more kind of quick and productive than in an email. Um, and just in terms of being able to work from anywhere is, is massive. Um, so I am actually based in Cardiff and I travel to visit our customers uh, around, uh, you know, 
around the country um, and also in London quite a lot as well. So the fact that I can on my phone uh, go in on the train, it's two hours and I can do work, I can do files, I can chat, I can have those conversations. So actually if I'm uh, you know, working with customers, I don't have to go to the customer and then go back to the office to actually be productive and get work done. Again, I don't have to kind of work as late because I can still be productive on the go. Um, and just being able to work from home as well um, is, is a huge uh, kind of uh, benefit for the users that we're speaking to, uh, you know, with childcare and, and just having that work-life balance. Um, I can work in Cardiff, I can work in London, I can work on the train and still have the same experience. Um, so it's, it's, it's really powerful stuff, really. Yeah, I, I completely echo that. And I now get the Microsoft Teams well-being emails and that tell me how, <laughs> how, how yep. well I am, uh, which I find fascinating. <laughs> um, but there, certainly there is a huge trend, isn't there, at the moment towards mm. remote working. Uh, especially in light of the recent coronavirus, it's even more, well, there's such a big light being shined on remote working capabilities right now. And Microsoft Teams is right in the center of that conversation, isn't it? Uh, so over to Davida, I wanted to ask you, Davida, what's the expectation uh, when kind of look at, looking to deploy Microsoft Teams versus actually putting it into practice? Um, I would say there is definitely an expectation that Teams uh, it's uh, an easy platform uh, to to deploy and roll out because uh, well first of all uh, it's uh, it's a cloud uh, a cloud based platform and it's uh, well integrated with Office 365 and uh, there is also the expectation that it will be easy uh, to adopt it. Um, reality check uh, is uh, we actually need to plan carefully for uh, for rollout and adoption. Uh, uh, and it's not something we can just uh, switch on. So if we look at uh, um, the technical rollout, uh, uh, we need to plan uh, for uh, um, infrastructure, for uh, networking capabilities, uh, um, and also um, information architecture. We, we can't just uh, switch it on and uh, hope it's gonna work. Uh, companies uh, have invested over time a lot of money on um, hardware, uh, on conferencing hardware, uh, other conferencing platforms. Uh, they have uh, different versions of uh, Exchange, Exchange Online, Exchange On-Prem. Uh, um, some companies are using SharePoint Online and OneDrive, uh, some others are not. Uh, you need to make sure that uh, uh, you have everything in place to fully leverage uh, the potential of, uh, of Microsoft Teams. Um, and speaking of, uh, of adoption, uh, I know this is cuts bread and butter, but um, <laughs> of course, uh, people nowadays are used to chat-based uh, applications, uh, both in the work environment and in their private lives. Uh, if, we, if we speak of, uh, of the working environment, uh, People have been using uh, Skype for Business, of course, uh, but also more informal platforms like uh, uh, Slack uh, or Yammer, if we stay with, uh, with Microsoft. And uh, surely there is the expectation that Teams uh, is another communication platform so like uh, the one that I've mentioned, but the reality is that Teams is much more than that. So switching it on and uh, allow people to use it uh, how they use Slack. So go on and create whatever you want, create your channels for uh, memes, uh, for cut videos, uh, and uh, no one is gonna monitor what you're doing. Uh, it's not really gonna work for, uh, for Microsoft Teams. Um, 
some organizations want to use uh, um, teams uh, to manage also their sensitive information. So it definitely needs to be planned in line with the rest of the enterprise information architecture. And as Eamon mentioned before, there are a lot of tools that we can use uh, uh, to make sure that the, the, the information that we put in Teams uh, is, uh, is safe and that its life cycle is, is correctly managed. The problem is that, uh, well, Office 365 is a growing platform and uh, uh, there are a lot of features uh, and a little bit of confusion sometimes because uh, we now have uh, Azure Information Protection Policies, Data Loss Prevention Policies, Expiration Policies, uh, um, groups, rules, and so on and so on. So you really need to know where to put your hands uh, to, conf to configure teams in the best way. Yeah, absolutely. It is a huge product when you really lift the bonnet on Microsoft Teams. It can do so, so much, can't it? Um, absolutely, because, sorry if I interrupt, but you, you just uh, uh, remind me something very important. Uh, behind Teams, we actually have SharePoint, which is a huge, complex platform. And uh, uh, in the early days of Teams, uh, uh, SharePoint was used uh, merely as, uh, as a repository, but the integration is getting deeper and deeper, and we can surface basically everything that ex exists in SharePoint into Microsoft Teams. So really understand uh, the key platforms uh, that allow Teams to work uh, is really, really important. We have Exchange, uh, we have SharePoint, uh, and OneDrive. Yeah, absolutely. And it is such a magnificent product. So with, with this kind of magnificence uh, comes a, a heck of a, a lot of responsibility for a, uh, an IT leader to deploy something like this. Uh, Eamon, over to you on this one, but how, how does a, an IT leader prepare for a transition? Is it the IT leader that, or is it a joint up effort? But uh, how do they prepare for uh, bringing teams into the organization? Yeah, it, it's a very interesting question in terms of who. Uh, yes, the IT leader um, has a responsibility, but teams, uh, you know, like a number of the technologies that are in the Microsoft space, um, it is much more ubiquitous through the organization and, and business leaders as well as IT leaders feel a shared responsibility for it. Um, I think one of the key points around Teams is that the vision for Teams is that it is the single pane of glass. Um, and we've had that concept from lots of vendors over the last X number of years. But, you know, the messaging, you know, both we're seeing with customers, we're seeing with Microsoft themselves. I'm just back from a visit uh, from the US to Microsoft Corp. You know, they are absolutely pushing teams as the single pane of glass. Um, so to deploy that and transition to that, you know, the thing that we're seeing is, you know, email is, is, is past tense, you know, and I'm not sure if I ever expected to hear people saying that. Myself and Kat were at a workshop with a client a couple of weeks ago, um, and we had quite a large number of people. It was a public sector organization here in the UK, um, and they really, you know, within a few hours, the realization in the room was, this could really be the end of the, the mess that is email. Uh, and, you know, that was genuine comments. You know, didn't hear that 12 months ago. I'm hearing it now. So if we're going to get it to a single pane of glass, there are things that we've got to get right. Um, David has touched on it. Uh, the technology is moving with it. If, if you know, uh, things like SharePoint and integration, this month alone, Microsoft have released a whole set of new features in Teams. So there's much better Outlook integration. There's much better application integration. And files, which are close to my heart personally, I've done a lot of document management in the past. Uh, the way of managing files through SharePoint, through Teams, is much more cohesive now than it was even a month ago. So Microsoft are putting a lot of effort into 
making sure that you can actually go into Teams and do everything, which probably brings me to the final point, which is, isn't just email, it is business process, it is applications. And, and Davida and Kat, if, if you don't mind, I'll throw it to you guys, your experience of seeing Teams light up business process and light up things like apps. Um, yeah. one of you want to take that one? Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So fr from my point of view, there are uh, two levels into productivity and apps. Uh, Teams offer some out-of-the-box integration with the productivity suite. You can work uh, with your office apps, for example, with Word, Excel, PowerPoint, uh, um, Planner, OneDrive, OneNote directly into Teams without leaving the Teams experience um, and uh, also co-authoring with the other members of your Teams uh, and your channels. And then the second level is uh, business apps. Now, um, with the power platform that is growing exponentially, um, we can build uh, low-code, no-code solutions uh, that can be easily surfaced in Teams and integrated with the rest of uh, your Office 365 suits, but also other business applications, uh, um, data warehouses, uh, uh, and data sources uh, in, your, uh, in your organization. Um, some of these applications are very UI-focused. Uh, you can build uh, uh, nice, UI and interfaces using power apps. Others are more conversational because surely you have heard of the many chatbots that exist uh, in Teams uh, uh, nowadays. And others are process focused. We have now Power Automate, which is a great workflow platform to build uh, your business processes uh, and, and surface them anywhere. And one of the things that I love about the Power Platform is that uh, your application, your process uh, doesn't exist uh, just uh, in one location, one device, but it's available everywhere. So the same experience you would have uh, in Microsoft Teams uh, uh, on, your, uh, on your laptop when you're working at the office, uh, you're going to have exactly the same over the web if you are somewhere else using another device or on your smartphone. Just to echo on that as well, so when we are kind of explaining this to customers, um, when we were in workshops, there was a, a government customer that we were working with and they had a lot of uh, very manual, very long <laughs> paper-based processes, um, even for things like getting new kit, like a new laptop or um, any kind of new devices. It was just very long and, and manual. So we kind of showed the art of the possible where they could move that kind of business process into something like Teams where it's more automated. You can have approvals in there as well. Um, and they were just gobsmacked um, about how much that affects not just their time um, of even getting the devices but also the fact that you know they're using a lot of paper and spending a lot of money just still having that old process in place so they were kind of very gobsmacked and shocked about the ability to move that into something like teams you wouldn't think it you would think it's just a collaboration chat platform um, but it's not it can really change an organization and change the way that they work so it's powerful stuff yeah thanks for that cap and in, in terms of in terms of adopting these technologies, there's so much happening in Teams, uh, voice, video, chat, uh, meetings and bots. Uh, how important is it to have a, a user adoption strategy in place before you implement or even consider purchasing something like Microsoft Teams? Uh, very, very important. Um, so we kind of, when we talk to customers, 
we have two key things uh, when it comes to rolling out Microsoft Teams. One side of that is um, some of the stuff that David has touched on, so the governance, the security, um, there's obviously a technical consideration there. Um, there is also the other side, which is the people side. Teams is going to change the way that you're working. It's going to change behavior. It's going to change the culture of the organization. So you need to have from the get-go a plan on rolling out Teams and how this is actually going to be used for the business. Um, we mentioned, is it IT or is it not? I think it's a combination of both. One thing that we do as an exercise is we get uh, IT in the room and we also get people from the business areas, your HR, your marketing, your finance, um, and actually do an exercise where we show them Teams and ask, how do you see this working for you? How would you use it? And that's gold dust for IT because then they can actually make sure it's valuable and understand what's in it for them. There's obviously the um, there's quite a lot when it comes to adoption change management, but it is so crucial. So you have things like communication, um, you know, what's in it for me. There's the training, understanding how it's going to be used. Um, you know, the business scenarios, training that to your staff. Um, there's thinking about things like champion sponsors, people to advocate uh, so you can kind of easily scale uh, in a large organization, for an example. Um, and also resistance management. So the people don't like change. <laughs> um, and you will get an every organization. I don't think I've ever been to one where they, everyone's kind of saying, yeah, this is great. We're going <laughs> we're gonna to use it. So you have to have a plan to manage that resistance. What are you going to do when you do get people who say, it doesn't work for me or I don't have time or key themes that we usually hear um, and there's the last kind of piece which is many many people do uh, forget which is rewards and recognition so this is you know you've you've done your communication you've told the organization what you're going to be doing how it's going to help them you've trained them um you know but but what then? How do you keep that momentum going and keep reinforcing it? So one nice thing that we like to do is uh, do recognition where that may be a thank you from the CEO or, um, you know, a post on the, the internet or whatever it may be, just to kind of, you know, reinforce the use of Teams where someone's used it quite well. Um, so there's a, there's a few steps in there, and that's what we kind of take customers through when we work with them, is we'll sort out the governance piece for you, but also let's go through your adoption management, your people seed uh, of Teams. And if I can expand a little bit on, on governance, uh, I think... Uh, uh, most of the organizations, most of the IT departments are really worried about governance because uh, uh, what we've seen happening uh, with SharePoint, for example, in the past is the famous uh, sprawl. Um, you're allowed teams, uh, you allow anyone in the organization to create teams uh, and uh, you end up with uh, 600 teams uh, in an organization with 300 employees. These are like real world numbers. Uh, so there are definitely uh, there is definitely the interest uh, to create uh, a governance plan for teams uh, and a more structured uh, creation process uh, for for teams. Uh, internally, we have worked on uh, on a solution to request the creation of a team, get these uh, uh, reviewed and approved by IT, and also. Uh, a little engine that automatically creates the team for you using a, using a specific uh, a specific template that keeps uh, the information architecture aligned uh, with with the rest of the organization and also has a clear audit trail of uh, of what's happening and where the information where the information is and and speaking of the wider uh, the wider life cycle uh, uh, it's really important to understand not just how you create teams uh, but how teams uh, should be um, archived, closed, uh, or, or potentially deleted. There are powerful tools uh, uh, 
that are part of Office 365 and in, in particular the, the group expiration policy. And as, as I mentioned before, this is one of those things that at first is not really intuitive because it's not a feature of Teams, but is a feature of, of Office 365 groups. That is a technology that spans across different platforms in Office 365. But it's definitely something I would suggest uh, people to look into it because these policies allow us to automate the archival disposition, deletion of content uh, from Microsoft Teams. I, I think just to summarize kind of both your points, guys, I, I think, uh, Robert, our key message it really is, and, and we work very closely with Microsoft on this, um, Teams is absolutely exploding. It's, it's creating an environment of collaboration and productivity that wasn't there even a few years ago. So we do want to encourage and provide the ability to people to self-service and collaborate as they need to. Um, but providing that little bit of, of, of guardrails and safety that it's in line with the business information architecture and, and process. So getting those two hand in hand so that the business users feel empowered is key. Teams is about empowerment and collaboration, but align that to some guardrails behind the scenes that keep it governed. I think we're in a win-win situation. And that's where we see really powerful adoption, not just sprawled adoption, but powerful business-oriented adoption. Yeah, absolutely. Microsoft Teams can be an absolutely transformational product for a business. So I completely agree. Uh, in terms of uh, finding out more information, uh, I believe Core has a teamwork assessment workshop available. So if you are an organization looking to deploy Teams or you're already on that journey and it's maybe not going so well and you need help, uh, do hop over to core.co.uk. Uh, there's a URL on the screen that you can uh, head towards to check out their teamwork assessment workshop. So uh, I'd like to thank you, uh, the core team, for joining me today. Uh, thank you very much. Have a good week.